God is amazing. Let me share a little word with you tonight. Go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I didn't do that right. Get your Bibles out. Now go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. title of this message tonight is Stay in Your Lane. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us. And I want you to notice that. First thing I want you to notice is that we're surrounded by a great great. One of those, a great cloud of witnesses. Amen? Amen. I don't really know what all that means. I'll be honest with you. Does that mean all the saints that have gone before us in heaven that are looking over the banister of the wall, you know, the, the, the banister railings of heaven looking at us like that? You know, is that what it means? Or I don't know exactly. But there's somebody looking. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin with so, ah, that word, easily. Said it easily ensnares us. So, you know, when, when Cain killed Abel and they go before the throne, go before God, and then God tells him, he says, you know, sin's lying at the door and it, and it wants to consume you, right? This has always been an issue ever since the fall of the garden. That sin's lying in wait, and it wants to ensnare us. So we have to run with endurance the race that is set before us. So there's a race. We're in a race. But the race we're in, we're not in like a timed race. We're not in a race like it's a, you know, it's not a 100-yard a, a dash or a, or a mile or a, you know, a marathon. You're running your race. Your race is run at your speed, right? And your race is not run with who's on either side of you's race, right? But there's something about a race that they that 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 Jesus even talked about a race, and I'll get to that in a minute. But in in a race, there's lanes, right? And on certain races. You know, I'm not a big track star, obviously. But uh, if, if there's certain, lane, certain races, you have to stay in your lane at least to the certain mark, right? Whether it's you got to stay in and around the corner to the 220 or now it's the 200, right? So you got to stay in for the 200, and then you can cut across lanes or whatever, but you have to stay in your lane. But in this illustration, what he's saying here, in, this, in, in the way he put the scripture, he said, let us run the race with endurance that is set before us. So if something is set before you, a, a race is set before you. But if you don't stay in your lane, you're going to get messed up. And the way to do it is looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the only way you're going to run your race is by keeping your eyes on Jesus. Otherwise, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to get into despair. You're going to stop running the race. All right? Okay, let me go to another scripture. Go to 2 Timothy 4 7. 2 Timothy 4 7. 
He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. So Paul's saying the same thing here about he's in a race. He's got to stay. He stayed in his lane. He fought the good fight. He finished the race and he kept the faith. Right? Always thought that'd be something good on a tombstone. Right? But you're not going to finish your race. You're not going to run the race with endurance if you don't stay in your lane. Okay? Now I want you to go to another scripture. John chapter 10 verse 7. Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Now, Stop there for a minute. I always thought it was kind of strange when you read that, that Jesus says he's a door. Because, you know, Jesus is a good shepherd, right? But what he's saying is he's the one that, you know, has the, that's holding the thieves out. He's also the one that's protecting you inside the pen. He's also the one that opens up the way for you to go. I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, right? Okay, but just notice this. It's, and all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. So sheep have an ability to not hear the voice of the enemy. That's what I want you to see. You're trying to run your race. You're trying to stay in your lane. But the problem is the thieves and the robbers or the enemies out there trying to get you distracted. Mark 4 talks about the cares of the world, the deceitfulness, the riches, and the lust of other things, the dangling things, the chingling things, the things that make you angry, the things that do whatever to get you sidetracked. It's so, it's, it's just like, Golly, you can see it, but how many of us get ensnared? How many of y'all ever run into a cat claw bush? Everybody know what cat claw is, right? You know, also formerly known as a wait a minute bush, right? Because if you get in it, you have to wait a minute and try to get out of that thing. Those little cat claws on there are going to snag you. They're stuck in you. They're stuck in your clothes. You can't get out. It's a wait a minute bush, right? To get out of that thing. All right. So it's just like it says, you've been ensnared. So the enemy's always trying to get you to get in, out of your lane and into the cat claw. Because if you do, you're going to be snagged up. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be, you know, having to stop. So you're running your race, and here's this jerk trying to get you off. You're just trying to focus on the race. Now, there's a lot of pressure. Now, I, like I said, I was no track star. My wife, she was a track star. I was no track star. I got pulled in to do track. Whenever the coach tried to needed some points, thought he could get some points, and he would drag us out of the field house and he would throw us on the bus. We had no training, no anything. I remember the first time they put starting blocks down on me. I had to ask the guys on each side of me, what foot do you put first? They said, well, the one you've been training with. I said, I've never been in a set of starting blocks. I don't know what to do. Do I put my right foot first or do I put my left foot first? But when you get trained and you know what you're doing, all those things become an asset to you. Right? Because you're going for speed. But the enemy is always wanting to distract you. That's his whole job. You just got to understand that's his job. Why are we surprised when he distracts us? I always am amazed at myself. After all these years, I'll preach a message like I preached on Sunday, fight all of hell for the whole week, and then be sitting there saying, why, why is, what's going on? What's taking place? And forget that I just thrashed him Sunday exposed him, right? And then the enemy wants to come in there. He wants to steal the word. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to get you to stop running your race. I mean, that's just the way it is. You can't get away from it. He says, 
that all hair come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. So that I want to live in this place where you're not hearing the voice of the enemy. Because there's a place there. Let's read on. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So when he said over there in Hebrews 12, looking at a Jesus author and the finisher of our faith, now he's saying, look, if you, if you enter by me, if you enter into me and you stay in me, then you're going to go in and out and you're going to find pasture. Well, even though you went in and out, the enemy's still there. But you're going in and out and feeding on good grass, eating in the good pastures, living beside the still waters. But it's a challenge. It's a challenge to all of us not to fall into the trap of listening to the thieves and the robbers who are all around us. Then he says what we mostly know, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's his purpose. His purpose is to keep you away from the goodness of God, to keep you away from the love of God, to keep you away from the grace of God, to keep you away from the goodness of God, to keep you away from the mercy of God. That's his whole plan, his whole purpose. He kills and steals and destroys in your life by keeping you away from the in and the out and the good pasture that the shepherd had for you. But then Jesus says, so I've come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. So the sheep didn't hear the voice of the enemy. If they go in the door, if they look to the earth and the finisher of their faith, what happens? Abundant life comes. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I think abundant life sounds a whole lot better than being killed, stilled, and destroyed. Right? So the whole key is don't listen to the thieves and the robbers. So you say, well, that sounds good, Pastor, but it's not easily done. Well, let's go back to the scripture I used on Sunday. Let's go to Luke 4.18. Luke 4.18 it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, do you realize that in everything said there, it is all about, well, let me put it this way, it's all about deliverance, right? Because... Right, they were brokenhearted, so let's just say they are delivered from a broken heart. They were delivered from captivity. They were delivered from blindness. They were delivered from bondage, right? They were delivered from oppression. So it's really all about deliverance, right? So the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So when the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, the manifesting result should be deliverance. And what I was saying Sunday, and I think some people didn't like it, not all you good folks, because y'all are all here tonight. Yeah. But what spirit do you have on you? If you have a spirit that's on you that brings people into captivity, then that's not the spirit of the Lord, because the spirit of the Lord brings freedom and deliverance, right? And so the key to walking in the whole situation and staying in your lane is keeping the spirit of the Lord on you. I mean, I know he's in you. You say, well, he's in me, Pastor. I'm safe. Yeah, but who you been listening to and who you walking with? So go to Psalms 1. Go to Psalms 1. I love Psalms 1. I was thinking about Psalms 1. Just think about Psalms 1. I don't know. I, I never have researched. I, don't, I, don't, I can't tell you in-depthly why Psalms 1 is 1. There's 150 of them, right? And who chose Psalms 1 to be Psalms 1? They're all songs of David. So, I mean, in my mind, I picture there's a stack of 150 songs, and they started sorting them out, put numbers on them. Somebody did. And they said, well, let's start with this one. 
All of it was inspired by God, whoever did it, whoever chose Psalms 1. But it's the greatest one to start with. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf will not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, notice the instruction of Psalms 1 is be careful who you're standing with or the counsel you're listening to. And so many times we relate that to people. But let me just for tonight's usage, turn it to devils, the voice of the enemy, the thieves and the robbers, the devil that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Folks, listen to me. You could be a hermit living in a mountains in a hole with no outside, you know, television. Uh, you ain't got Wi-Fi. You're in a hole. You're a hermit talking to no one. And you would say, oh, well, you know, I'm safe here. I'm not standing around ungodly people. No, you could just be just as crazy as the next person because it's what's going through your head and the devil will come up and speak to you no matter where you are and who you are. So what I'm trying to say in Psalms 1, yes, there is a, an application here of, you know, stay away from ungodly people, right? But what I'm using it for tonight is I'm trying to say, look, you also, if you're listening to that voice going off in your head that is telling you you're stupid or you're not going to make it or you're worthless or you're no good, you're, you know, it's never going to work out. Look what they did to me. Why do they do this? Why did you, know, you go through all of that stuff? You're just listening to devils. Oof. And see, so we don't want to admit it that we fellowship with devils. Right? I mean, come on. It's the truth. We don't want to admit that we don't want to fellowship with the devils. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. I just heard a good story about that. <laughs> right before church. Well, that, that voice speaking to you was a devil. We just don't want to call it that. Well, it was just my voice of reason. It really wasn't a devil. It's just my voice of reason inside of me and that little rebellious streak I got in there. Oh, yeah? And where did that come from? Now, if you could see it, like if you could just see it, you could just see the devil, the demons, nasty, ugly, snarly, sulfur-smelling, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out, right? Hoofed feet and a pitchfork and a long pointy tail and two horns standing right there talking to you. You'd say, golly, get away from me. I won't listen to you. But yet if it comes up sympathetic and, and comes into that, that vulnerable area you have in your life to listen to him, you know, you don't notice the smoke and the hooves and the pitchfork and the horns. <laughs> I can hear the silence even over the cameras. We don't want to admit it. But the truth of the matter is, I'm just saying, if we're going to stay in our lane and we're going to run, we're going to have to recognize the voice of the enemy. We're going to have to recognize what the thieves can recognize what the whole purpose is. The thief is there to kill, steal, and destroy from us. That's it. And so Psalms 1 starts out and says, man, blessed is a man who's not going to walk in that counsel. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I want to walk in the counsel of the Lord. I can tell you I don't always do it. I can tell you sometimes I, have to, I get off on myself listening over there. And the phone, I say, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Get off. Get out. I'm talking to you. Hello. We all do. The moment you let your eyes fall off of Jesus 
and fall on to anything else, whether it's something you're desiring, uh, something that you know touched your pride, something that you're you're yearning for, something you know that has another motivation to it, whatever. Want the moment your eyes fall off of Jesus and you get off, you're going to be listening to the counsel of devils. He says, and in his law, he meditates day and night. There's another key right there. You're not going to be able to do this unless you stay focused on the word, stay focused on the voice of Jesus, the voice of the shepherd. Hello? you got to stay focused on the voice of the shepherd. How do you get the voice of the shepherd? You read the word. And as you read the word, then you start to recognize the voice of the enemy and the voice of the shepherd, right? You spend time with people. If Frankie calls me on the phone, he doesn't say, Robert, this is Frankie. One is I have caller ID, but I know Frankie's voice. Now, if he called and he was sick or something and all hoarse and I couldn't hardly understand him, he was squeaking, you know, maybe it'd throw me off and I'd think. But I pretty much guarantee you I'd know it even then. Known Frankie a long time. Know his voice. If I call him, I don't have to say, Frankie, this is Robert. He'll know my voice because we spend time with each other, listening to each other, right? Okay, it's the same with Jesus. The more time you spend in the Word, the more time you spend reading the Word, then the more you're going to recognize the voice of Jesus and what is Jesus and what is not. But if you don't spend time reading the Word, spend time listening for His voice, what He just said in Psalms 1, meditating on His Word, if you don't spend time doing that, you're not going to be in tune to the voice of the Lord. And so what you're going to listen to is devils. Yeah, I better get a bunch of hits on this message. Okay, but look, he says, the ungodly are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. It isn't going to work. Listen to me. Everything you see going on in the world right now, that it may look like the ungodly are advancing, it, they will perish. It will not ever stand. It may stand for a moment. It may stand for just a little bit, and you think, oh, look at that. Well, I can't believe God's letting that happen. It's going, it's going to fall. It will fall. It will crash. It will burn. God's going to take care of it. All right? So let me give you one more. Matthew 7, 13. Matthew 7, 13. Matthew 7, 13 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few that find it. Isn't that sad? No matter how much we want to see everybody in the world saved, no matter how much we want to see all the things happening going on, folks, it says that there's only going to be few on the narrow path. It's so sad. I remember that years ago I was in Guatemala and, and, and I couldn't get my flight out until early the next morning. So they took me into the city and they left me in this hotel. And it was a big, tall hotel. You know, I don't know how many stories, a lot of stories. And I was like on the 16th floor, 17th floor. And it was really kind of strange because it was one of those rooms where the glass window went all the way to the floor. And you could just walk up and you could just put your toes right on the edge of that glass and just stand in the window and you just looked and it was just straight down. And I thought it was kind of cool, you know. I mean, the glass is there. I tested the glass to make sure the whole thing wasn't going to fall out before I did, but... You could just stand right there, and it was like you were standing on the edge of, you know, 16, 18th floors up, just standing there, just looking down at the street and everything going on. And I said, man, that's amazing. And I was just talking to the Lord, and I said, man, that's amazing, Lord. I said, golly. I said, no one could climb that. I don't know why I said it. I just, I mean, of course, why would you think anybody would? And then all of a sudden, just that quick, the Holy Spirit said, oh, 
I want to show you something. Look at that little ledge down there. I said, yeah. And he said, you see how much the, the bricks stick out? I said, yeah. And he says, look, it goes all the way down. He says, if you were an experienced climber that climbs mountains, those would feel like wide paths to walk on. And I thought, you know, you're right. You see those guys scaling up sides of rock, and I mean, they're, they're just looking for a little bump. And they've got them a hand holder, you know, and they're going up it. And to think about that, that, that would be nothing to them. It would be like, oh, no, that's nothing. But to the normal person, you look and say, oh, it's so amazing. And right then, that scripture came alive to me that the narrow path is there for us. And don't get scared about it. It's there for you. If you just walk, God will show you where every stepping stone is, every place is, Every mark is, every toe hold is, every finger hold is, everywhere you need to go, he'll show you if you're willing to go that narrow path. But you got to be willing. And there's a lot of people, the reason why there's few that will do it is there are a lot of people that look and say, oh, man, that's too hard. Nobody can do that. They're not willing to do it with Jesus. They're not willing to find those hand holes and those little toe holes. You know, to the experienced climber, it'd be nothing. I watched a guy the other day on television climb a side of a face of it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. How could he do this? And finally, it was just like, I mean, I mean, there's more right there on the edge of that pulpit. He hung on to and slung himself over to the next deal and caught hold of it and then went on up this thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're doing this for fun? You know, pack of wolves were chasing you, maybe try something like that. But I'm telling you, he was doing it just to do it. And this wasn't a movie. I mean, he was really, this is really a climber I was watching. I was like, my God goodness. So what I'm saying to those of us that'll want to go that path, God will be there with you. He'll show you exactly how to do it if you're just willing. So what I challenge you tonight is be willing. God's got a great plan for you. He's got a great, man, it's glorious. It's better to be with Jesus than be with the thieves and the robbers. Listen for the voice of Jesus. Quit talking to devils. Quit listening to them. Quit letting them steal from you and kill from you. And you know that it, you're talking to a devil every time you get through talking and you feel a loss. Even if it's emotional energy you've lost, even if it's time you've lost, whatever the loss may be, it's lost. He stole it from you. If you're having to think on this topic and you're not thinking about something else, then you've, got, you've been stolen from. You've been talking to a devil. And so I just want to encourage you tonight. That path is there for you. Be one of the few that find it. And if you call out on Jesus, he'll be there with you. He'll take you through it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And he will get you through whatever you're going through in life. Amen? Amen. So stand up. I'm going to pray for you and bless you. Father, I just pray for everyone in here tonight. I pray for everyone watching. I just ask you, Lord God, to move into their lives, to show them the narrow paths. Show them the exact place that they're to put their foot. Show them exactly what they're to do. Lord, I just believe you tonight that someone who is about to give up just grabs hope tonight. I'm telling you, you can walk the path. I'm telling you, Jesus will get you through it. Don't listen to the enemy. Don't listen to his voice. And God will get you through it. So, Lord, bless them. Bless their finances. Bless their giving. Bless all of their doing. Lord, you said in, in Psalms 1 that everything we put our hands to will prosper when we follow you. So, bless them this night, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.